0: I'm the CHA.
1: I'm Ben Carter on Hip Hop by the numbers on Twitter. I use Hip Hop Statistics to highlight the bigger picture.
0: I'm to the fifth element while I highlight the fifth element of Hip hop knowledge. And we're inspecting on digging digits. Now, a little bit different switching up, but we'll get to we we'll get to Hi Ben. How's your week been? What gonna we'll be do this week? i
1: tell you what, I can't wait to rank Kendrick's albums on this app, man. it's like, gonna be this is what, <laughs> it's what the people need, you know. Like we might even do I can't even...
0: wait to pit the discographies of J. Cole and Kendrick. I'll oh
1: think. that's a big app. That might be a three-parter,
0: you know? Might be. Might be. <laughs> yeah. A lot of chat. A lot of chat to do.
1: This week, man, this week, this week, this week, I listen to a lot of music. Trippie Red dropped Mansion Music, 25 tracks, 22 features. I think the gravest error Trippie could ever have made on this project was Pack It With Features because I think he gets rinsed on every single song with the weird exception being Crazy Train, which I actually think he annihilated Travis Scott on there. He sounds far more vibrant, but it's really only when he gets that like genuine aggression in his voice. Otherwise, I feel like he just sounds too derivative in... 2020, he dropped a song that had people questioning whether it was even him. A lot of people thought it was Playboy Cardi. And I think too often on this album, he's indistinguishable from another artist. And his vocal tone and his pitch switches are really clunky. They just sound really generic and really like he's really like shifting gears. He's like, I'm, I'm going to change it up on this very moment. And then bang, it's like, it's, just, it's very analog. It's, just not, it's not seamless at all. And I think Trippy is the main issue with his own album. Um, you know, I think his featured artists for the most part do incredibly well. Future was amazing. Not a Wick, Lucky, all great. I think the only real exception to that was Little B. Very weird auto-tuned verse on Swag Like Ohio Part Two. I think that was Part Two. Um, Yeah, that was a weird one. That was I didn't expect that. But Trippy just sounds tired at this point. You know, I kind of like the Trippy that we got with his exclamation mark album because I think even if you didn't like the music, he sounded purposeful. Like his experimentation was really building to something. But to see this kind of reversal where he's constantly recycling flows and ideas ad nauseum, it's, it's a little bit odd. And uh, maybe this is just his attempt to chart again. Every commercial project he's dropped since August 2018 has gone top four on the Billboard 200. His last three projects have gone number one, number two, number two. And I think the goal with this album is to throw it out with a million features on a slow release week and just get in that top two again. And, and I guess that makes sense. Um, I had a lot of enthusiasm initially towards a production, but it just faded into frustration at Trippy's performance. And I'm sure it'll get playlisted and it'll, it'll do what it needs to do, but yeah, it wasn't my favorite. Uh, Big Baby Gucci dropped Homesick. Very few artists in Big Baby Gucci's lane whose lyrical content actually holds any value whatsoever. He's certainly the exception to the rule with that 8 bit SoundCloud kind of dazed sound, often accompanied by bars with. No value whatsoever. No depth. No no real redeeming qualities. But Big Baby Gucci's personal anecdotes and glimpses into his psyche—they're not always sustained, but they're very potent when they pop up on this project. And the trail of breadcrumbs is really obvious too. Like he has songs like "The Belly of the Beast," "Bad Habits," "Adore Me," slash "Too Much Codeine," um, "Pour Up," which I hope is a reference to that really incredible Lil Wayne song that came out in like 2014. Um, It was just a Lucy. I think it might have even just been a leak, but. Brilliant song, and Big Baby Gucci's content has kind of oscillated in the past between sobering truths and, you know, hedonistic abandon, uh, with a strong helping of relationship issues thrown in. Homesick is a far more cagey affair than anything he's dropped. I feel uh, his previous work is kind of like the rubber band snap back, though, because whenever he dips into some emotionally dense content like on Adore Me, he kind of bounces straight back into more familiar territory, which is money, women, cars. Um, and this actually makes it even more engaging. It's not something I wish upon him whatsoever, these, this, this turmoil that he seems to be feeling. But this new relationship with drugs and his own psychological states is, uh, is, is you know, it's, it's interesting. Like, it's interesting to hear him talking this personally and this, this intently about his own psyche. Um, you know, I feel like there's a largely unspoken desire to be less reliant on substances, but an inability to do that in his current circumstance Plus, he just raps on all types of beats on this project. There's a straight-up rap track. There's a couple of features which he normally steers clear from. Um, But yeah, man, it's it's a good project. It's a really good project. Shout out Big Baby Gucci. Jane Hancock dropped dropped World of Women. Um, You probably know Jane Hancock, even though you're not familiar with her name, possibly. She's written for Kelly, Kelly Rowland, Rick Ross, Teddy Riley, Tyrese, Raphael Sadiq. And she wholly admits to being one of the most known, unknown ghostwriters in the game. She was originally working out of the Bay Area but she relocated to LA and now she's in the orbit of Snoop Dogg who plays a bit of a DJ drama role in this project which is a little bit weird because DJ dramas at the start as well which I was like what's going on here but what follows is a real journey through a bunch of sounds we get some 90s and contemporary R&B hip-hop a little bit of reggae thrown in and Jane Hancock now faces the dilemma all great ghost writers struggle with how to move out of the shadow of that tag and into the limelight as a solo artist i saw nothing really on here to suggest she's trying to transition into pop but honestly the singing and songwriting ability is only hampered i think on this project by some bad beat selection um the open track stupidly titled girls love snoop i I, you know i don't care about girls it's a jane hancock album snoop like shut the fuck up like let her do her thing man but you know, I thought that it's a brilliant beat. It's like a '90s G Funk updated beautifully. Madman's World is a straight dub dub track. I think has great too. Then we get kind of middling tracks like That's on Me. I don't think there's anything wrong with Jane Hancock on here. Um, it just sounds like a Trackmaster beat for a T Pain album in 2013. It's just, it's so sleepy laying next to me i felt was a bit the same she's a real vibrant performer oh. she's super adept at matching i'm just gonna rinse track masters like every two weeks on here it's just like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> they're literally i just like ding add one to the
1: <laughs> poor old track masters <laughs> listening to this like is he gonna do it? i did it again why is he keep <laughs> so mean but look i think she's you know i think she's uh she's vibrant performer and and she matches the energy of the beat and if it's a bit sleepy she drifts off a bit, but it's a solid project, man. It's, I'm glad it came across my radar. Uh, Baldy James, Rich Gaines, Indiana Jones. This is a rock album. No, 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 no. <laughs> this is a rock album, bro. Baldy's rock album, man. This is. There's ten beats with guitars in them on this. It's great. No surprises there. I mean, he's he's incredibly capable at any kind of production but especially something slightly more eclectic. Um, this isn't garbage pop rap beats with guitars, you know, I've like something like a DaBaby album. There's some psych rock on here at times, you know. You'd imagine at some point as well that he's just gonna run out of either sounds to explore or things to talk about, but the depth of the storytelling and just the intricacy of it and the attention to detail, like I have no idea what he's talking about like 70% of the time because I don't know any of the slang, I don't know that stuff, it's just so, yeah, it's, it's wild, I mean, you can pick it up, like, you can pick up what he's talking about, but, yeah, I, I just like it, you know, the one thing I don't like about this project is he's not on it enough, like, there's a lot of features on here, and I'm, I'm, like, hearing large stretches without Baldy, and I'm just sitting there, it's kind of like that Simpsons episode with Poochie, it's like, where's Baldy? like, where's Baldy at, everyone should be asking, where's Baldy? and they, they kind of are, you know, so, I it was good, so shout out to Baldy. I hope he's doing okay. I hope he's uh, resting up and recovering. we got Gloss Up before the Gloss Up, straight up Memphis, Memphis, Memphis. Uh, QC signing Gloss Up. The centerpiece of this album is her track with her best friend Glorilla, uh, entitled Fittingly Best Friend. That beat, which is produced by G Styles on the track, it has that perfect Memphis energy, man. It's high enough BPM to bring that bounce, but still has this laid back calm quality really solid it's a great first offering um from there i think the production blends detroit with atlanta on the next track gloss up spitting comfortably next to her collaborators uh good days bad days into point to prove i think really hammers home her desire to succeed musically you know a few people spoke recently about saweetie's sa- sales and claim that her music career was merely there to supplement her career as an influencer but i didn't get that impression from gloss up you know despite this album falling back on a lot of contemporary tired tropes I think there's enough experimentation and storytelling to suggest this wasn't an album where they just cut and paste the hottest sounds right now and created a bunch of TikToks for it, you know, just so it, it blows her up on Instagram. You know, there's a lot of heartfelt tracks on here that really draw you into her story. The only thing I didn't think was great is the hooks. I don't think the hooks are quite there yet, but it's close. You know, this is a good album. It's a banger. And finally, we got Odyssey's album, To What End?, um, there was an interview in in a claim magazine. I can't forget. I, sorry, I can't remember when it was actually published. They don't have it on the actual article when it came out. But uh, the very first question they asked him was, "Which came first, producing or rapping?" Which then transitioned into another question about his dual artistry. And in that answer, he says, "I can't really categorize creativity. Too many times in the genre of rap music, it's been reduced and restricted to beats and rhymes." I feel that those are the definitions that no other music has to face. No one asks a singer-songwriter which one they prefer. I really like that, and I think he directly addresses this on Many Hats, which is a super groovy instrumental, and he discusses the many different interpretations of himself as a human and his artistry that those around him hold. I think it's a perfect introduction to an album of deep introspection, where Odyssey is not only figuring out his own mind states like on Choices already new and portions of people watching. Uh, More to go, try again. But deeper existential musings on people watching the way. um, There's a bunch of tracks on here where he goes quite deep on, on just the world in general. I read a review saying that he bit off more than he could chew conceptually, but I really disagree. I think it was actually the production driving the density of concept because the production is warm, it's vibrant, it's organic. It kind of morphs and evolves as songs progress. I don't think there was a choice. I think he had to do it justice with a pretty grand concept because the music really matches it. Um, and, you know, even just the lyricism and wordplay on the opening track, like, you, you know you're listening to something special when that cuts in. And, uh, yeah, man, it's, it's, I hope this album grows on me. I feel like it will, like similar to the Denzel album last year and the Saba album. I'm going to go back to this a lot. So shout out, Odyssey. That was me, Charlie. What about yourself?
0: Yeah, um, going to a few. Uh, starting off with L Train uh chill hop beat tapes L train um basically just producer, um little chill hop uh, with a collaboration with Chillhop I guess um just a little beat tape um some good uh production features as well and it's just a really nice um really nice EP to spin for 20 ish minutes um so shout out to L train on that one uh Coat of the friend uh, lyrics to go volume 4 um I, it's it's interesting of just like how uh, I listen to the lyrics to go EPs and I'm just like, yep, this is great. <laughs> it's easy. it's always so easy to spin because it's like so short. It's literally just a care package at the start of the year. He's been doing it for the past four years. And I think all but one. Um, I, I don't know if I put the third one on my EP list uh, last year, but it's basically just a contender every time because it's just so solid. It's got chill beats. Code it, delivers these, uh, you know, lyrical vignettes every time, and uh, yeah, it just, um, it's just, it's just nice always to listen to every time. So, um, shout out to Code the friend on that one, Jane Hancock, uh, World of Women. So, Ben, the only re- uh, the, the I have some answers to was the questions that you posed, uh, uh, rhetorically. Um, so, for that first track, that lady self, Snoop. Um, it, it comes up, and some of these tracks come off as weird to you, most likely, including the DJ drama one, because they have been on past projects. Uh, um, okay. So, okay. so I was listening to this, and I was, <laughs> I didn't clock it at first, but once it got to a certain track, I forget which one, uh, somewhere deep, at the, somewhere in the middle of the album, um, I was just like, I've heard, why, why have I? I swear I've heard this, so I went back and I listened to a few uh, well lists. I looked up a few of the Snoop track uh, Snoop albums from, you know, one of the five uh, from like last year. Um insane output. Um but yeah, a, l- a couple of those tracks came from those projects. So the and DJ drama album that had the Snoopin DJ drama track and that was put on Jane Hancock's album enough. as well. Uh l- Ladies Love Snoop, that was I think on Death Row Summer, um or the NFT metaverse, whatever the fuck it's called, uh one of those. And uh yeah, so a couple of the tracks, I think like three or four, um, have been on previous albums. And if you're like me and have spun those Snoop albums from last year, then yes, you will get some uh you will get some um just some oh I've heard that before vibes. Um but yeah, past that, um and glad you gave me the background on her, I didn't realise she was like a, you know, one of the my most my, most known unknown mm. ghostwriters called <laughs> um I didn't I wasn't aware of that so that's interesting uh, wrinkle and um yeah I believe she I believe she can get out of it in the question you asked is like can she get out of it? Um I I <laughs> I guess this, this particular project, I think this is her first Death Row project by the way, so that might be the case. Um of just um, Snoop continuing to do this um slow build slow rebuild of Death Row records. Um and uh, yeah, clearly she's a part of that, and that's cool. Um, and I would, I wouldn't, I'd take this album with a pinch of salt. I would say, um, as just like, you know, obviously it's a project, but a lot of the songs have been recycled, and you know, most people might have not spun the Snoop albums from last year, so you know, my, <laughs> I might, I might be in the minor, minority there. But still, like you said, as a person that didn't even know that beforehand, they came off a bit weird um, in terms of being on the album, so. Clearly there needs to be, I guess, like, you know, something just completely original from Jane Hancock herself and then we can actually uh probably answer the question, um, can she get out of the shadow and um you know, become her own on that front, which um I believe she can. Um I would just like to, I guess, uh, hold off on that answer until uh the next project whenever that comes. Uh but yeah, shout out to Jane Hancock. Um Odyssey, um to what end? Um, the only question I was thinking throughout this album was just like, Am I going to see him live in a few months? Do I, do I want to see him live in a few months? So I was just like, I'm kind of like in the middle of like seeing him. Because um, if I want to, if I'm going to see him, I kind of want to be uh, fully aware in terms of like, you know, what he's going to play and stuff like that. And I don't think I will be aware. Um, I've listened to Odyssey a few times over the years. I remember that. Uh, I think he produced the best. Uh, he, the best, um, quote, definitely did this project during COVID, unquote. Project, um, I forgot what it was called, but it was so, it was, <laughs> it was just very, it was very meta, um, and uh, very fascinating. Uh, I, I like that project a lot. And I've listened to his, you know, a few of his beat tapes from, you know, a few years ago, List to the Iceberg. So, you know, I've spent a few Odyssey projects. Um, I love That's Love from a few from Way Back, that was a great track. I still remember that one. So, yeah, I've always enjoyed Odyssey, but I've never actually, like, he's just one of those artists that are just in the middle for me that I enjoy listening to. And if anyone says, yo, you want to listen to Odyssey, I'm not going to say no. But I I, I could not, I don't know what his most popular track is. I don't know what his, you know, just, like, best album is. I can't be in those conversations. Um, But with that said, I did enjoy this album for uh, pretty much most of what Ben said previously. So, um, yeah, man, he's just consistently good and, uh, you know, I can't I can't ever complain to say uh you know I didn't enjoy listening to Odyssey whenever I've listened to him in the short amount of time I have uh listened to him. Uh so yeah, shout out to Odyssey. Was that a backhand compliment? I don't know. Anyway, finishing off Balance uh with Conja. So this is an album from last year, just wanted to get on it. Uh saw it from a few end of year lists uh pertaining to jazz. And uh yeah, so this has uh Marcus Elliott and Michael uh Michael Malice, Malice, uh, M-A-L-I-S. And uh, yeah, basically this is majority piano and saxophone. So Marcus Elliott does, uh, well, tenor, alto and soprano saxophone and also the bass clarinet, just to, you know, flex a little bit more. And then uh, Michael does the piano. And basically it just jumps between those two, um, well, those five instruments technically and the piano, but you know what I mean. Um, Those general sounds, I'll say, of the saxophone and clarinet. And um, yeah, you know, passed a couple of uh, drum uh, drums on a f- couple of tracks, and also some uh, spoken word vocals on a uh, conjure and serpent serpent, which is uh, serpent serpent definitely my favourite track out of the bunch. Um, it's a really it's a really nice, um, really uh, elastic uh, jazz album, considering the fact that obviously the saxophone sounds are uh, dramatically different from you know uh parts uh, apart part, right and from track to track um you just get a different flavor every time a little bit um and obviously with the piano you can do a lot with the piano obviously um and uh, yeah you just get you just get some interesting sounds off it um I do find these product, kind of products interesting where there's like a minimal amount of instrumentation um or a minimum minimal amount of variety of instrumentation I should say and uh, see what people can come up with. And, uh, yeah, it's it's a a very intriguing album to listen to. Um, So shout out to that little duo from Detroit, Michigan, by the way, Um, which um, I did. Well, that's a bit of a dub dub in general because I didn't realise Detroit did jazz like that. Um, But with that said, we shall hop in. uh, To our third from last... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> book of uh, episodes in the book of Wu series so we've still got two more to go. Wait, who we got left? Um, we have yeah. Riza left, right? Yeah, Riza and then the and then just the group oh yeah the group of course. Where, whatever. Or probably yeah. I don't know. Might be a two part, who knows? Um but yeah. Uh third from third from last uh, officially and uh we're going for the <laughs> um we're going to the uh the last entrant in the <coughs> B B tier um uh of mm-hmm. uh the Wu. Um, not upheld by us, of course, um, but basically a thing that people don't say, but you might as well say it and um we have been uh, if you've been listening to the Wii episodes, especially, I feel like if you if you listen to them, if we did these in quick succession, I feel like it'd probably be easier for people to clock the consistent narrative here, um in terms of like how. In terms of how certain artists go up and how certain artists go down, in terms of like their solo projects compared to the Woo projects, right? Um, some of them go above the Woo projects, some of them go below the Woo projects in terms of their discographies. And uh, there's always a consistency that we there's a consistency that we've been noticing over the past, uh, you know, few months that we've been doing this on and off. Um, so yeah, uh, regardless of that. We get into INS, Inspector Deck, for this one. And, uh, yeah, let's jump right in. Ben, what have you got for us?
1: Yeah, so took this one a little bit differently than we've been doing the Wu ones so far because, you know, I think when we discuss Wu-Tang What Ifs, I think there is one that stands above all else in their storied history. What if RZA hadn't lost Inspector Deck's album in The Basement Flood? Now, it was originally slated to drop in 95, the entirely produced RZA project would have been a classic in the ranks of Cuban Links and Liquid Swords according to RZA himself, which feels a little bit hollow because I was going to say, and we'll get into why as the episode progresses, but I will say straight out, it feels hollow because RZA locked in with Deck and created what he claims is a classic debut, got lost in a flood, and that's sad, that's no one's fault, but instead of locking back in with Deck and recreating this alleged classic debut album, instead RZA distanced himself from the process and we got Dex's debut album in 99 with two RZA beats out of 17 and a brutally low 5.9% of the lyrics contributed by other Woo members. 92% of those coming from You God and Master Killer. The only other Woo member we hear on that de- debut album is 42 words from Raekwon. You know, that's not a lot. Now, Dex's career since that record, uh, which did chart 19 on the Billboard 200, has not been commercially successful, and that's okay. But compare his debut album to what we would call the mainstream A tier of Wu-Tang. Jiza, Ray, Ghost, Meth, ODB. Now let's just take a quick look at the first albums all these artists dropped after Wu-Tang's debut album. So not words from the genius, uh, Jiza's first album. We're gonna start with Liquid Swords. So Liquid Swords, 12 tracks, 12 RZA production credits, which is 100%. 34% of the lyrics come from other Wu-Tang members. Number nine on the Billboard 200. Then we get to Cow from Meth. 13 tracks, 13 RZA production credits, 100%. 7.5% of lyrics come from other WU members, which is quite low. It's still more than deck, but it's quite low. Number four on the Billboard 200. Cuban Links. 17 tracks, 17 RZA production credits, 100%. 46.7% of lyrics come from other WU members. 467 That's nearly half, bro. Number four. On the Billboard 200. Iron Man by Ghostface. 17 tracks, 16 RZA production credits, 94%. 49.1% of lyrics from other Wu-Tang members. Nearly half. Other Wu-Tang members have more lyrics on Ghostface's debut album than Ghostface does. That's wild, right? Number two on the Billboard 200. ODB's Return to the 36 Chambers. 15 tracks, 12 RZA productions, uh, that's 80%. 13.4% of lyrics from other Wu members, number seven on the Billboard 200. So I ran a correlation analysis on Billboard 200 chart positions of the Wu-Tang solo albums that dropped in the 90s and the 2000s, and how much RZA produces it. And it's absolutely correlated. Um, The statistics show that the higher an album will chart, sorry, the more that RZA produces, the higher an album will chart. So Deck got shortchanged, bro. Deck got shortchanged hard. And you know, I'll let Charlie react to that in a second, but I'll give a little bit of a quick background as to why I feel Deck, more so than Cappadonna, Master Killer, or You was destined for commercial greatness, but was kind of hamstrung by RZA. In hindsight, Deck has been seen as the quiet achiever, but when Wu-Tang first dropped, he was front and center on their biggest songs. He picked up seven verses on their debut album only raekwon has more with eight he and ray are the only two to get verses on the biggest song of wu-tang's career and the song that threw them into mainstream ubiquity which is cream deck pops up on every major track from their debut album mystery of Chessboxing." cream gets the lead-off verse on protect your neck Wu's mainstream power has been whittled down through the years. You know, I would argue it's really only Ghost and Meth at the top of that pile now. But in the mid '90s, yeah, Jizzah, Ghost, Ray, ODB, and Method Man—they stood tall and they pulled that commercial momentum into their solo albums and some of their music that dropped in the 2000s. But Deck, U-God, Master Killer, and Capadonna totally fell by the wayside. But whilst U-God, Capadonna, and Master Killer barely featured on Wu Tang's classic debut album, the group album. Deck is the odd man out in that group. He was next up. His debut was meant to drop in 95, it was meant to come out before Iron Man. So instead, Inspector Deck has languished commercially. His debut album charted 19, his next 139, and then off the charts entirely until his recent releases from the supergroup Zarface. You know, and whilst he contributed heavily to debut albums from Ray, Ghost, Jizza, and Meth, none of them returned the favor when it came to drop his own debut album. None of them. I mean, Ray was on there for 42 words. That doesn't count, bro. It's not a verse. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just nothing. Like, it's... So, you know, deck's position with within Wu-Tang has always been one of quiet preparation and devastating execution. You know, the often quoted Method Man outro on Can It All Be So Simple still rings true. Meth says, Inspector Deck, he's like the dude that'll sit back and watch you play yourself. And you sit there and you know you're lying and he'll take you to court afterwards because he's the inspector. And, you know, people put that to him as well. And he disagrees. He says, you know, I'm not like as calculating as that. But that's always the image that he's had. And the origins of his moniker are really simple. He was always known as Deck when he was younger but he had an inspector during one of his prison stints and he actually told MV Remix that prison is a place to settle down and stay vigilant at all times and keep one eye open, survey your surroundings and make sure you're above all else aware of what's going on and he was very adept at this and he became known as the inspector. And that inspired his rhyme style. You know, someone who could identify the mood or energy of a song and perfectly mold his vocals and bars to the beat and the vibe, which is an essential skill for a Wu-Tang MC. You know, Ghost and Ray were the double act. ODB was the outlandish energy. Jizzle was the razor sharp sword. You know, Meth was the superstar. Rizzle was the artistic genius. And Deck became the glue. You know, he provided the metronomic quality that sometimes became lost amongst the noise and the personas. You could always rely on a Deckverse. You know, you knew exactly what you were getting and it was going to be amazing every single time. Um, You know, at the time, he was a superstar in his own right. And it's indicative of just how far that star has fallen in the eyes of the greater listening public when Method Man's assertion that Deck is the most underrated MC of all time and easily inside his top five actually caused a stir three years ago. People were like, that's right. Deck's amazing. Probably still is amazing. But if he'd said that, if Method said that in 94, people would have just been like, that's not news. (laughs) Like we know that he's amazing. So uh, you know, I, I just think, again, even if if um, you think about that that exact quote, if Method said that in 2020 about Jizza or Ray or Ghostface, there probably wouldn't have been a headline. It would have just been like, of course, they're in the top five. You know, they're amazing. So I think that all ties back into the data I just provided because RZA had the keys to the safe, man. His production was a money machine. We know he had favorites. You got a master killer. Confirm this as such. And his dedication to Ghostface's career into the 2000s is proof that he chose someone to work with. I just think to the detriment of other members and whether you think that's right or wrong personally it's impossible to deny it negatively impacted Deck more than anyone else in Wu-Tang, I think.
0: But on the flip side, I would say that I think Deck is probably the most resourceful out of all of them in terms of just like, okay, I can't rely on RZA, right? So I'm going to instead just you know do me and just like get whoever i can and make it the best i possibly can make it um so i don't, I don't know i feel like one in, in in the analysis you gave i was kind of like building a kind of like uh what would be what is deck's attitude towards all this in my head and you mentioned obviously right that um he doesn't see himself as how uh method man explained it uh explained him um but I kind of feel like he probably does have that kind of nature towards it. And it's similar to something that um, I feel... I think creative people have to do sometimes, right? Where you can't exactly rely on one thing to, to to get your bread and to keep your head above water. You need to be doing... just. You need to be constantly doing something. You know what I mean? To just, like, uh, at, at minimum, just keep yourself sane, right? Um, at minimum, and I feel like that's the essence I get with Dick. Um, and I think, you know, we're not talking about, we're not going to talk about the Starface albums, but I feel like that's another angle of it where, you know, it's just like, okay, I'm just going to, you know, just start a new group, right, <laughs> and, then, and then just keep that moving, right, and, you know, that's been uh relatively successful, and that's good for him, and I'm happy for him, Um, but yeah, I do think that there's just so much, uh, I, just just from even from listening to the solo albums, I was just I was just thinking, <sighs> these could have been these could have been a lot. They, they they always leave a lot to be desired overall, right? And I just feel, yeah, if he got that, I'm not saying, I and I don't want. I, don't, I feel like not. On and on the flip side of that, I don't feel like giving. Riza that much credit sometimes, but I have yeah. to, right? You, you kind of have to. Have
1: statistically, to, like, it's just so, you have to, yeah, statistically it's so you have
0: to. The numbers never lie, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, right? And I can't not give Riza credit. As much as I feel like there's some favouritism going about, and I just don't feel like that's, you know, uh, morally right, I feel Inspector Deck probably took it the best and just went, okay, but is that because either, Dex <laughs> he, the most talented of those
1: other yeah. artists? You know right. what I mean,
0: right? And that's what is also a little bit disappointing as we get into the albums because I'm just like, it's just, it's just like I don't know, man. It, yeah. could, it could have been, and uh, yeah, well, like you said at the beginning, what if, right? What it, there's a lot of just um, what could have been, and uh, hindsight 2020 when it comes to all this. Um, it's kind of uh, yeah, it's kind of weird, but at the same time, you know, I'm sure Dex's fine, right? <laughs> I'm 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 probably being sad over nothing. He's probably fine, right? He like I said, he's he our face and he's good on that now. Um, he's been he's been continuing off that for the past decade-ish. Um, and on top of that, you know, doing projects with Ghostface and MF Doom twice. So, you know, it's not like he's not connecting with them anymore. But um, yes, yeah, he, he's good. But I just feel yeah, it's just one of those uh, discographies that. Um, as my overall critique of it, it's just like ah, this could have been more. This could have been more, and I'm not saying it it needed more Wu Tang members, right? <laughs> it could have been just him, right? But I don't know, just uh, just um, yeah, I don't know, just still could have been more. I guess I'm I'm not sure how to word
1: it. Yeah, well, I think. You Know we'll get when we get into uncontrolled substance in a second, we'll talk about why I don't think it's up to the standard of the other debut albums. And I think it is the production, you know. I think what RZA did in the 90s also kind of hampered uncontrolled substance because he created a very, very warm aesthetic, he created a very consistent aesthetic between these Wu Tang solo albums. You knew what you were getting, and especially in the mid 90s, you know, I read a, a review that made the point kind of the momentum had died for Wu-Tang solo albums by 1999. You know, Immobility came out. Like, there were a couple of albums that people were just like, eh, yeah, we did that. And so it wasn't until, you know, you could say Supreme Clientele, but it just kind of petered out into the 2000s where people weren't really checking for anyone other than really just Ghostface and occasionally Meth, you know. And Raekwon in 2009 with uh, Only Built for Cuban Links 2 or 2007 when that came out, but yet, RZA had created a very strong aesthetic. You knew what you were getting, and when if you know if you had never listened to any solo album other than Cuban Links or Liquid Swords or any, if you'd only listened to one of those solo albums and you just like just dropped into any of the other ones, you'd be like, oh, this feels really familiar," and I think that that familiarity was its strength. People were like, "This is great because." liquid swords was great this is great because iron man was great you know and that that just made it like all of those albums immediately familiar and people were interested in them so then when we get uncontrolled substance um you know it just doesn't sound the same we finally got it in 99 uh it was released on loud records which was faltering hard at the time and it just didn't have that it just didn't have a special source man the magic dust sprinkled upon it Production comes from Deck himself primarily. He actually produces six of the tracks himself, which is the most self-produced of any Wu debut. Uh, Meth had one co-production credit on Sub Crazy and one on PLO Style. O D B sorry has production credit on three tracks of his debut album, but that's it. No one else was producing on their own debut albums. Um, you know, a track like Moves and Shakers, for example would have even felt outdated on liquid swords so in 1999 which was the era of neptunes and swizz beats and timbaland and missy um it just didn't work and i think better is a track like ninth chamber truly stomping beat um warmth and piano based joy of grand prix for example one of my favorite U god verses of all time i think you god was incredible on this project you god just bro you know i think i texted charlie or at least i thought about texting charlie just being like they're all amazing. Like They're all fucking... Gro- they all have <laughs> periods where they're just like... They're all solid. Great, yeah. you know. This is very rare. I think Elevation is an iconic beat, of course. The same sample was used in Stay True off Supreme Clientel and Think of the Locks with West Side Gun off their 2020 album. I fucking love that song. Um, and Deck told MV Remix that this album was meant to be far more braggadocio than his subsequent work. But I felt that a little that maybe i don't know man i also felt this was maybe other than his i think 2006 album or 2007 album manifesto i think it was no it was the other one we'll get to it we'll get to it but i thought this was the closest he ever got in his solo career or his face career to his wu-tang like abilities like i think he lives when he's part of wu you know i think on this album yep. he's dexter dexter sorry but he's slightly dulled a little bit um you know i think again this is an area where he was let down by his group members because again that familiarity of these debut albums these artists are just popping up jizza rizza method man you know ray you know all these people is there's their reasons to go to this album and even if the main artist is struggling a little bit they're always going to prop it up and without them on this record i'm not saying deck is struggling. I'm just saying it was—it's just jarring to pull him out of the place where he was his best. I mean, that's where he was doing his best work as part of Wu Tang and popping up on these solo albums. He was just stomping these verses, and to pull that out and just like not give him any of that at all—it was disappointing. And you know, I think. I think this project is really good. I really do. Uh, it's not my favorite of his, but I think uh, it's it's a really solid debut. But that's what I mean. Like I shouldn't be saying that. I should be saying this is a classic because I think Inspector Deck is capable of classic. I think I forget what episode it was. It might have been ODB and I. The only what who the only Wu member I thought could carry might have been even Ghostface. I said there's. I only think there's there's yeah, only one space. Wu member who could carry a classic solo project without any other Wu members on it at all. And I, I think I might've even said it was yeah. just ghost. And that's a hot take. That's a really fucking hot take. And I'm happy for people to just be like, no, no, you know, Rayquan could do it. ODB could do it. I'm like, okay, cool. But they haven't done it, you know? And I, <laughs> but I don't think deck could do it, you know, cause he, he hasn't done it. But again, if he'd had that RZA production, who knows, man, who knows?
0: Yeah. And contrary to all of this, I also kind of just have to go with what we've listened to, right? And you know, we've we have this is is the first time we're going to get to our five. And apart from the one I know we're probably going to both guess about, um, I, I, hey man, the proof is in the pudding. Like the pudding's been made, and (laughs) it don't taste all that. Um, so I, I, we have to kind of like kind of have to resign ourselves on that front and just go like. I don't know, man. Like it's uh, maybe it's the maybe it's the lack of features uh, of take features. Maybe it's the lack of rizzo. I don't know, right? I don't want to make that case. I'd rather not. Um, but if someone wanted to make the case, they definitely could. Um, but anyway, on this particular album, um, you know, I I enjoy it. I think it's solid. Um, I I appreciate the fact that he produces a majority of it as, as himself as well. Um, I really respect that. Uh, ninth Chamber's great. Ultra subs great. Uh, grand Prix like you mentioned uh, is absolute Heater. uh pete rock uh, producing trouble man great uh master killer Oof. on friction mm. that was good that was good yeah he went on that he went hard on that one that was solid um so yeah you know there's some good stuff on here um really good stuff on here uh longevity with you god like i said um yeah it's just some really uh yeah some really good stuff and it's um, you know it's, what was that sixty five minutes so yeah so it's it's a it's a meaty album and there's some but there's plenty of uh, I think uh, reason, I think, to to give it a spin. Um and enjoy it. Uh is it classic? I don't, probably probably just yeah, it's it is it's it's not on the same level, but it is still good. Um I uh, yeah, just uh, can't really I can't really give it that uh that that that, that kind of uh status personally. Um, but is is you know is is commercially and critically his best album, um, and I don't know how to feel about that. You know, I mean? <laughs> at least with the at least with the others, they were just um and I, you know this is an anomaly for most, right? The the first album, the debut album for for these artists, are their best for a lot of them. That's crazy to think about. Um, I think that really goes against the grain for a lot of a lot of artists. How many artists? have where well, is it, have their have a career where their it's first album is more common was the best. than you think it's you could probably name a lot I mean,
1: Nas, you could yeah, argue I'm Jay-Z, sure am sure but I don't think it's going it to be more a lot. I mean you Raekwon for sure um I'm not going to say Ghostface a lot of the Wu-Tang members, yeah. sure. <laughs> But i I think that <laughs> yeah. goes against the grain yeah
0: I'm just saying I'm just saying that I think it goes against the grain we could definitely think up exa- examples and there's probably a lot of them um but I do you know, feel like there's probably a lot of ice on, on the other side where you know their best album was maybe their fourth or maybe their third or maybe their second. You know, what I mean, there's, there's definitely, I, f- I think that'll be, that'll be a fun analysis. When um, I want to
1: do, I actually want to do that That's analysis cool. one day. Like, a lot of people talk yeah, about because cool. you know, we think about classic debut albums, like, it gets a bit weird because, like, are we going to include Get Rich or Die Trying as a debut album, even though Power of the Dollar exists? Are we going to include um, Lord Willen as oh, a debut well. album, even though? Well, you know the, well, you know what I mean. Like shelved albums exist, so are we. Yeah, that too. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, we're we we're, we're going to be talking about quote unquote street albums uh, as one of them is referenced. Uh, so, yeah, oh, but, yeah. Um, yeah overall, Uncontrolled Substance is fine. It's, it's 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 great. It's not classic, worthy it's not as on the par as like the others. Reasoning, you can make a plenty of reasons why, but um, yeah, it's a. I'll just take it as I'll take it as what it is, a solid project. So.
1: If if Inspector Deck was not part of Wu-Tang and he signed to who knows who, anyone, and they were like, we got this new artist, Inspector Deck, and you heard Uncontrolled Substance without ever hearing a Wu-Tang album, you maybe heard a couple of verses here and there, how would you feel? <laughs> That's hard, right? Uh, <coughs> I mean, yeah, it's a, it's
0: a pretty fucking big hypothetical. It's a well, that one. One. There's a lot of moving parts <laughs> there. Mm. there's a lot of movement parts there but it does link to something i wanted to say like nearer to the end so i'll hold
1: on. okay well, we'll get to the movement which is his second album so he actually told mv remix that uh there's less production credits on this record from himself because he was more focused on writing none um <laughs> yeah none exactly uh there were no <laughs> Wu we remember and this is this is very key and this is kind of this is kind of what sent me down this whole thing. You know, I was watching interviews with him where, firstly, the first thing I wanted to do, the first analysis I wanted to do was a lot of people were saying in interviews that Inspector Deck was like the leadoff hitter in Wu Tang all the time. Like he yep. always had the first verse. Those statistics, which I haven't actually prepared at all, but I can bring them up very quickly through my giant, hulking, freaking Excel file with a million things in it. Um, so those statistics are, like, uh, it's really difficult to say because, you know, you can't say Deck had 44 verses and, like, 10 of them were first verses and that's more than anyone else because RZA might have had 60 verses, you know what I mean? So basically, uh, 32% of Deck's Wu-Tang verses were the first verse. The only artist with more is Ray. So 42% of his verses on Wu-Tang solo albums with the first verse, uh, Deck gets the last verse a lot less, fifteen point nine percent. That's actually the second lowest. Only Raekwon is lower. So Raekwon was certainly the leadoff hitter in that sense. But Deck was right there. You know, he was he was really close to being that as well. So they asked him that a lot in interviews, and he would kind of be like, you know, I don't necessarily agree with that. You know, it's it's not something I'm super keen on. Like like inhabiting that role as the lead off hitter bringing the energy blah 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 because you know there's a certain i wouldn't say stigma but like a lot of people say that about Sheik luch from locks you know they were like you were the guy who started you were the guy who did the first verse and back in the 90s i don't know if everyone remembers but having the last verse was the verse like you wanted the last verse whoever had the last verse was the cleanup hitter you know that was the that was a money spot you know <laughs>
0: i feel like this is a bites topic oh for sure because i have i have like i have so many thoughts towards just like how people construct their songs when it features on it and mm. and also group projects as well like i'm trying to think of like tropical quest and how they did it like did five go first it's probably q it more more often oh, than not way more cute, um, yeah yeah, Q-Tip yeah, has like
1: sixty percent of the lyrics across Tribe's entire discography. Like, it's I mean, yeah, it's I mean, crazy. Yeah. So you know, it's, it's a little bit
0: more, you know, uh, crammed in terms of percentage. But yeah, um, but then I'm like thinking, why do people put West Side Gun last? Because he's know, like, the best rapper just... in Griselda.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's you know, simple. What
0: I'm saying, just like just shit like that. It just like uh, I'm, I'm, it boggles my mind. So I'm just uh, I'm always I'm always so I'm I'm very interested in how. In, in do artists even think about it like that? Because like when we're talking about um, uh, like Gangsta Boo's album, her first album, right? Like the first half of the her first album was literally just like everybody else except her and she was like barely on it. And it was just like, was that was that uh, out was that thought was that thought about in terms of sequencing and how to build a track? I just wonder if I actually think about it that deep in terms of like, okay, this person first, this person second, you go third. Like, you know what I mean? Like, control obviously, clearly just went to Kendrick, uh, but but that's the thing, Kendrick second in that. Yeah, he's track. not last. And then it was Jay last. Jay Alex versus it feels like it should have been. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah, it's, Jay's it's Jay's great. verse was also good. And that's also, also that's also the hilarious thing about Control It's so like Jay's verse was actually kind of solid as well. But nobody talks about it, right? Sean. But imagine having like verse of the fucking decade like level shit. Sec but you're second out of three on the out on the track. Not common, it just comes off as weird. Anyway.
1: anyway. No, we should definitely get into yeah. that at some point. Mini mini, mini bites. Mini definitely get into that. But I mean, the whole idea for this analysis, yeah. at first I was like, oh, I want to like check, you know, how often he actually does it because he says on the movement yeah. and, and this linked up with what the movement, you know, the interview he was doing beforehand where they asked him why there were no more Woo members on, the, on this album. And he just said, They were all busy and he started like listing off all the things that they were doing. Like Meth and Ray were in Miami recording and uh, no, sorry, Ghost and Ray and Method Man was at Def Jam doing a movie and ODB was signing Rockefeller and doing his thing. So it kind of came off like I just got this immediate snapshot of like, oh shit, they they left Deck behind. You know what I mean? Like the way that he said it in that, it was like they're all off doing all these like really glamorous, crazy things and Dex just left to record his album by himself no RZA production no other woo members and i'm like he was meant to be next to them you know they were meant to be running together in a group so i just got that very starkly and this is that, that was the interview that sent me down that statistical rabbit hole but you know i think the movement is is good man i think it's okay, it's not as good as his debut. I think the production is a bit more lackluster on here. It, it kind of feels like a bit of a mix between underground and mainstream. Cool G Rap being on the project is is epic. Um, cool G Rap was actually his idol growing up, so he said it was amazing to have him on the song. The storytelling ability, though. Framed, Vendetta, like that's a really underrated aspect, I think, of Inspector Deck. Again, because he kind of plays it, plays it quiet, plays it close to the chest. He's not flamboyant like slick rick or Bismarck E or you know mf doom you wouldn't say is has a flamboyant delivery but certainly artistically very flamboyant and obviously uh wu-tang you know kind of started the whole alter ego monica thing you know bobby digital etc etc so to hear deck get into that bag is so great man he's so adept and you actually listen to stories on here and you're like. That kind of sounds like something L.O.X. did in 2020, or you know. So it's, I think it's just kind of just keeping that storytelling from the 80s alive as a, into the 2000s. I thought that was great, um, and you know, stereotype being a really good song about the hip hop stereotype, kind of juxtaposed with the way that Cappadonna, for example, who you know fell even further than Deck during this period, he was really struggling. He was he was homeless around this time. So you've got a track like stereotype about just the hip hop stereotypes in general. And you've kind of got deck in the middle and you've got the superstars up here, but then you've got Cap all the way down here. It's just very interesting in, uh, in relation to what was happening to the Wu solo members around this time. Um, but yeah, man, it just, it's, it's, it's solid, but it's, it's not, it's not outstanding this album for me.
0: Yeah. I think the, um, I think the production's a bit of a letdown. Um, and I feel like, uh, lyrically it's it's a it's a re- it's a read lyric album where i'm just like reading it i'm just like damn this is fire and then i'm listening to the album i'm just like yeah it's kind of like it kind of went out of my it came, went out of one went into one ear went out of the other um but yeah framed as a highlight for me personally i'm gonna read a bit of it um it's deck Dex verse here i represent myself in my own defense innocent by reason of no evidence uh, plus, they're trying to pick the punishment. The judge insists my fingerprints were traced back to six gun clips. Cop witness, cop witness, who try and testify on my click. He on the payroll. That's why I got my prior dismissed. The freight, this is framework. Somehow they got hold of my flick. light question. I was resting home. With my chick. The spot was. Uh, then the spot was blown. Cops rushed in. Shots were blown. I jetted out the lab with socks and boxes on. Undercover chased me down for three weeks. He ceased to interrogate, like I might speak, but no, I won't tell you who I work for. No, I won't tell you who the works for. You can hit me with the book, brick hammer, and all. I dig a tunnel or scale the jailhouse wall. Um, Amazing. Yeah, so it's just like great, vis- great, great <laughs> visuals, great, 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 yeah. great, just um imagery as you're reading it. Um, but and yeah, it's kind of like the what the deck can be at at his high of his powers and having you Know Kool G rap on this as well, who also produces a solid, um, you know, just a classic Kool G rap kind of, um, uh, kind of uh, verse here. They got me framed, locked and chains because some, uh, some lame on the Brock was slain. Uh, cops, cops came, but I ain't pop a flame. Hear me, your honor, I ain't dropped a thing. I was cuffed and they told me that somebody dropped my name at the time. They just,
1: it's, Bro, just, it's <laughs> just high quality.
0: It's just so, it's just so much, but just listen to the album, came, you know, like I said, in one ear out of the other. Okay, it's kind of unfortunate. And while you mentioned that little bit about, like, everyone was busy. Come on.
1: We're
0: we doing, yeah. we doing it. We're doing So, I bet but, if, we, but, if we proper, like sleuth I mean, this and had everybody's calendar, I feel like people, people could have do made that. some time. But, I mean, <laughs> the, you,
1: you look at it that way and you think, yeah, they could have, but you also think, like, for, in that exact same interview, uh, they were talking, they asked him about... His uh, lack of Rizzo production in general and where he felt, whether he felt he'd been let down or whether he felt. And Deck was very circumspect. He was just like, there comes a time when you have to move out of your apartment and find your own apartment, you know, move out of your parents' apartment. And his, I don't think it was shots at Ghostface. You know, I read, reread the interview multiple times because obviously. RZA had basically locked in with Ghost around this time, you know, Supreme uh, Clientele, pre-Tony album. Oh no, that was a bit later, wasn't it? Bulletproof Wallets, Bulletproof Wallets. You got quite a lot of production credits from RZA around this time. Um, And no one else was really getting any RZA production. And you, you could have read that interview and been like, ooh, ooh, that's a bit nasty. But all I saw it was, kind of trying to deflect from the fact that RZA wasn't there because that's not really a criticism. If you and a producer are working really well together, why not just keep doing it? You know what I mean? Like, no one's going to criticize Nas and Hitboy and be like, well, Nas should branch out and not do Hitboy (laughs) stuff. It's like, why? It fucking slaps. I mean, no one was criticizing DMX for doing too much work with Swizzy. You know, like, it fucking worked. It was incredible. yeah, I mean, that you have some weird hang-ups around poor old Swizzy. I don't hate Swizz. What are you on about? Swizzy. I don't hate Swizz. I don't hate Swizz. Uh, yeah, man. So, Swizz. like, that's what I thought. And, you know, as Charlie said, were they really busy? And I think that that's a very good point. It's possible that Deck just never asked them. You know, he just felt like, I'm going to do... Might have been that. I'm yep, going to do my might own have been thing. That. We're doing
0: know? a lot of hypothetical, like, you know, relationship, uh, so, like, digging here. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> we don't know, but... It's just the vibe it gives off. It's just like, mm, I don't know. It just, just seems fishy. Uh,
1: but yeah. Resident Patient. What did you think of this one? Did, this was a YouTuber. Best album. Yes.
0: Best album. Yes. Best album. Yes. yes. And I knew, yes. I knew yes. you were. Because fi- uh, you, you, you mentioned this fourth one, and I was just like, really? And then you went the one after, the one before. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, good, good, good. Go on the same page. Yeah. The fact that this Hang is up. sometimes contested as not even an album is hilarious to me. It's so funny. Just. just <laughs> people classing it as a street album and it's just so funny That's it's like, so, oh, this is so good it's though it's actually album. good to listen to yeah it's so fucking good it's not even on fucking uh streaming nah. or nothing let's get nah. this off youtube and i was just like oh my god because usually when it's on youtube i kind of get just i i don't know my my eyebrow raises i'm just like uh it's gonna be mid isn't it it's gonna be mid but i was listening to it and i was just like why is this hitting? <laughs> I was like, this is this is, this is kind of clean. This is mm-hmm. kind of clean. Oh man, yeah, man, fucking, uh, get your weight up. Uh, creeps. I found very fascinating. That was very just the. Oh, it was just a different vibe to that. I just really enjoyed that one. it's Got a little, little bit of horrorcore in there. Uh, just a uh, just a little bit creepy. Well, creeps. You know what I mean. A little bit creepy. It 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 does the it fits the bill. Fits the bill. Um. And uh, you know, let, not even that many features, right? Um, you know, Master Killer on the first track, uh Carlton Fisk and Chico de ba- Chico de Bango. What a horrible name for anything. That's just that's just Chico de Bango. That just sounds like a that sounds like a satirical name, like of a just like a family guy episode. Like what's your name? Chico de Bango like come on man. Um you know, you god on handle that was solid. Um and yeah, and Again, this is this is where this this is where this I get just so confused because we were talking all this time about like you know uh, no RZA da 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 everything suffers there's no RZA ah numbers never lie there's there's there's, there's names on here production wise I've never heard of and I fucking enjoy this album right and it's and you know I, I guess I I just I just have to chalk it up to you know <laughs> it doesn't really it doesn't really matter name recognition right all that stuff sometimes it doesn't fucking matter that's why I listen to you know people that I've never heard of and la da I like them you know what I mean so, so you know name recognition only holds for so much in this case and in this case it's his best album that might that is regularly contested as not even an album officially so that's just uh, just just can't get any more hilarious than that I guess yeah
1: yeah I mean Obviously, name recognition propels an album commercially. This album did not chart at all, I don't think. No, it didn't chart. Charted in the streets,
0: Ben. You wouldn't know.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know. I don't know. You sound like Trap Law Ross when you said that. I don't know why this is like... Did it? Okay. I think maybe put that one back in the kit bag and don't bring it out again. (laughs) No, this is a great album, man.
0: Why do I have to put saying back the kit bag? Because it reminds you of somebody. Fuck
1: That's this is this is a great album, man. This is this is a really great album. There's a couple of beats on here, uh, Get Your Weight Up and My Style that Inspector Deck produced himself. I think it was My Style or Get Your either of them. A lot of people were saying that it was a Rizza produced beat because they were just like, That sounds like RZA. and he, he shouts Rizza out at the start of the song, but it's not, you know, and I actually think this is a brilliant mix between like contemporary, more like harder hitting mid-2000s production and the throwback vibe you know i think it has that energy perfectly um you know they all all these beats apart from deck come from underground producers i mean i don't know any of these people and and that's not to say that if i don't know you you're underground that's a very horrible thing to say we know some people who's been before. yeah we know some people who say stuff like that i'm not saying that at all but you know these aren't like especially for someone like Inspector Deck, he's the biggest name on this project by a country mile. You know, everyone knows who Inspector Deck is. You would expect him to get some you know at least an alchemist beat or something in there in the middle but now all these producers just step the fuck up to the plate and knock it out of the park and he actually spoke in interviews about wanting to have a lot of indie artists on this project and focusing more on the underground which is something that obviously method man would do in the later years in the the mid to late 2010s with the meth lab projects you know the meth lab projects but certainly inspector deck does it very very well here with this record he keeps it in the essence of himself you know it's like he propels this project and whereas on his debut album i felt like he couldn't carry that album by himself and he needed his wu-tang members to kind of back him up that's not evident at all on resident patient and maybe that's a possibility that he just needed that extra time as a solo artist and what he said with his last album where he said you know you've got to go out and buy your own apartment and and kind of live as an individual. Maybe Uncontrolled Substance was a bit of a hangover from the fact that he did have a classic debut album and it was lost and that was frustration and he didn't really work out because, you know, always Inspector Deck's best verses were always on Woo albums, you know, they were always on Woo, they weren't on his solo albums. I don't think lyrically he's at that level on Resident Patient, but I definitely think he's up, you know, he's really up for it on this record uh, you got a master killer again. Great on this album, and you know they could just form a little bit of a trio. I reckon, like they would have been a cool trio. Honestly, uh, something I never expected to come out of these woo woo retrospectives. And there's been a lot of things. But I never knew the chemistry that Deck, UGOD, and Master Killer all had with each other until we did these. And I'm like, they kind of went away. And, you know, they were in the B tier, I guess you could say. We're not necessarily saying that quality wise, but in terms of commercial viability, for sure. So they just went away and worked that shit out for themselves and said, what are we going to do? How are we going to progress our careers? Like, are we going to keep trying to chart? Are we going to keep trying to put big names on our albums? They're like, no, fuck it. Let's just create great music together and just develop this chemistry that we have. And yeah, it's it's vibrant on this record. And yeah, his best album for me personally. I think it's a brilliant record.
0: Yeah. And then back to reality. <laughs> oh gosh. The manifesto. The first, uh, the cover one, art is, just is
1: horrific. Like it's, it's just like straight up. I don't know, midnight, like it's late nineties. Like, uh, Men in black, <laughs>
0: kind of like yeah. Uh, I don't know, just a bit of a yeah, a bit mid. Um, this album, this album, excuse me, this gives me essences of just like, um, uh, just that that two thousands hip hop. Where it just sounded, always sounded like gym music. Like, and, and, and anybody could be on it. You know what I mean? Just like that motivational, like that motivational shit. You know what I mean? And I feel like I could have given the same beats to exhibit and it would have. Given off the same essence. It's so funny um, you mentioned
1: Exhibit. What was that album you dropped with a very similar cover? Gosh, I'm going to go find it now. Because I was literally thinking when I was looking at that album cover, I'm like, this looks like an Exhibit album cover. I'm going to go find it now. Keep
0: talking. Oh, what? Was it Man was vs. Machine? It might have been, yeah. Yeah, I remember that one. Um, yeah, it gives off that kind of... It's, 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 it's kind of similar. Um, but yeah, it kind of, yeah, I don't know. It, just, it feels like... It feels like I could have named some artists that could have been exactly on this and it would have uh, been kind of similar. It it didn't feel unique in any way, I guess. Um, I will say, you know, Cormega on Born Survivor and that track overall was very good. I like that one. I like the uh, messaging they'll drop in there.
1: Um you know Oh
0: Raekwon! yay, Raekwon!
1: Uh on the big game. This is on oh, the big the most, game. The most of an A T Wu Tang member has ever dropped on a, a on a deck album. We got two thousand ten, <laughs> man. Fuck.
0: <laughs> it's great. It? Um and yeah, I just and funny enough I didn't like that track to be honest. Like just the just the it just sounded like it should have been on a Madden soundtrack. Um, it just yeah, it just sound. If if anybody's played like a sports game, uh, like just of that nature, just came. It just you know when you listen to FIFA oh, yeah. and you're just like, you just know what FIFA music is. Obviously, they uh, to the to FIFA's credit as a as a game soundtrack, right? They actually you know try and go you know international with it, different flavors. I respect that. But when you if you play like any game of Madden, there are so many tracks like this. There are just so many tracks like the big game, the big game, it was just, uh, yeah, just, it's just ah, yeah, just it just comes off as like something that should just be on a game soundtrack. Um you know, Knife Chamber Part Two, fun little uh fun little um, you know, hit back berm, I don't know, it just comes off in here. Um But yeah. Just uh yeah, not not really much else to me on that front. Like got a bang, I guess, with corrupt is okay. Uh and yeah. Yeah, there's not, really, there's not really, there's not really much else I get into. Love letter, I guess, was a different change of pace. I would say, um, you know, and uh, lyrically and just conceptually and what he was talking about, subject matter, um, a little bit different uh, from usual. But yeah, I don't know, just came off. Um, don't know, just uh, didn't didn't feel didn't feel like a. Oh, if I played this, if I played this for you, would you know is it be expected deck? Like, I don't mm. think you would. So, um, yeah, just came came off a bit like a generic 2000s hip-hop album that just had those yeah just came a bit came off as formulaic i guess
1: yeah i mean i felt like this is the album that he wanted to go commercial that he wanted to actually chart maybe he was thinking and again these are all maybes maybe he was thinking like let me have one more crack at this and ironically it was Zarface albums that actually brought him back onto the billboard 200 not this album that has you know kamega Cormega, sorry, Ray, Corrupt, Cappadonna terminology, like these are all, uh, especially Ray, Corrupt, and Cormega, like these are big names. Alchemist is on uh, The Champion, which is actually a pretty good beat. I actually really like that beat. But outside of that, I think it's, it's pretty woeful. I think Gotta Bang. With Corrupt and Billy Dan's is brilliant but I actually thought Love Love Letter was not a good song I didn't enjoy that song at all Um, yeah man it's just I didn't
0: say it was good i just said it's a change uh, of pace
1: (laughs) the exhibit album is is full circle by the way that's the uh, that's the one where it just looks exactly like it when I saw the, the cover art I was like this could either be like the wildest underground just banger or it could just be this like commercial pop attempt to cross over and that's what it felt like it felt like a the hip house trend at the end of the 2010s, the pump up anthems, you know, the, the the artists that were doing that, I feel like were 10 years behind because you know Cash Money had already kind of done that in the early 2000s and the late 90s. Master P No Limit had already done it. Swizzy had already done it in his own way. Like it had already been done, and then everyone just tried to kind of bring it back again in the late 2000s, late 2000s, early 2010s. It just didn't it didn't hit, didn't work, uh, and it was just not it, unfortunately. But then we get Chamber Number 9, which came out, I think, in 2019. Uh, I have to check that. But I thought this was quite great. I thought this was a really, really solid project. I felt like the uh, the use of the samples kind of threw it back into that early woo aesthetic. I felt like we were kind of listening to maybe the the debut album that we never got. You know, obviously, it's not the same. But certainly, it felt like it was an attempt to recreate that. I didn't feel like Uncontrolled Substance was an attempt to recreate Whatever that debut album RZA had, which was interesting, you would have thought that especially with Deck on production would have gone back and tried to just be like, because you know uh, RZA taught Deck how to produce, so you know it's it's not like completely out of the realm of possibility that Deck could reproduce the sounds that RZA, RZA was creating, even if they're not the best even if they're not as high quality even if they don't feel as special you would have thought that he'd at least be able to bring that vibe back but he didn't even i don't think he even really tried on uncontrolled substance but on chamber number nine it kind of felt like let's make a 2019 album that sounds like it could have come out in the mid 90s and i think it's 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 really solid project i think dex versus whilst i i would like a little bit more of an update lyrically from him where maybe he's talking about different things, talking about the world around him. I think we get that more of that on Zarface than, again, on a collab album. I think, I, I don't know how you feel about this. I don't know how many of the Zarface albums you've listened to, but I think nothing in his solo albums actually compared to him on Zarface. Like, I just don't think that. I think his Zarface albums is way better than his solo career, which is oh, okay. just wild to me. That's just how I, I feel. I got the
0: vibe that you didn't like Zarface albums. I don't know.
1: No, I I really do. I I don't go back okay. to them very often, but I definitely like them. I enjoy them a lot.
0: Okay. Um yeah, I mean, I've listened to a couple. Um I listened to the Doom ones and uh, Zarmageddon from from uh 22. Um so yeah, I've I've listened to a fair couple of them. Uh not all of them. Um but it's interesting you put it in the f- you frame this album in you know, obviously in the midst of that because it is in the midst of his bizarre face um a uh, 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 stretch and uh, I do I remember li- listening to this album when it dropped and uh you know I kind of felt like it was um well obviously with the understanding of his solo albums beforehand um it is. Obviously that throwback nature that you give, I think that is what makes this um at minimum an interesting listen um i i didn't i've i haven't really had a reason to go back to this <laughs> in any fashion apart from obviously this episode um so take that what you will um but yeah it's a it's a it's a return to something uh, aesthetically it's a return to something. Um, that we know he can be in that a space where he can where we know he can be in and uh, produce some good stuff, um, but you know past that um, I can say all of that and also just say it's another solid record um, and leave it at that. Um, I can't really. It, it kind of gives me. Uh, it's kind of in the same essence as the movement for me, where you know I listen to it, and you know if I if I read some of it, I think it'll be better for me. But I was kind of I was, I was kind of just like again in one ear out of the other. Um, but I will say and will agree with you that there was kind of like a return to something, um, that uh. <laughs> Definitely topped manifesto. Let's just say that. So <laughs> if we just go from the next album to the next album, is definitely a, it's definitely a step up. I'll say I'll say that for for a day, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, it's just uh, yeah. I guess it, it's just I can't believe, bro, that that just that that album that never was is such a is such a it feels it feels like such a ghoul. It feels like a ghost. You know what I mean? It just it, when you think about. When you think about Inspector Deck's solo discography, as a final thought, right? It just feels like such a fucking ghost behind him. And whenever I listen to a solo Inspector Deck anything, I'm just like, damn, what was that first album sounding like? Because <laughs> I want to know. I want to know, bro. Like you, these, these people are saying, these people that were there firsthand saying it was a classic and the fucking making, and and we get into this. It's just, and it's not like this is all mid. Right, it's not. It's none of it's trash, you know. There's a few tracks I'm, I'm I could do without, um. But you know, overall, as a listening experience, it's fine. It's 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 a uh, it's two thousands hip hop, um. It's, it's it's just a good, it's just a decent example of what two thousands hip hop was in a nutshell, um. And you know, funny enough, the ones where deck kind of went more into a wu-tang aesthetic whether it be lyrically or sonically um came off better for us and then the other ones that just came off as like i said with manifesto an album that you could have given this to somebody else who also popped during the 2000 and it would have probably come off as as the same um but yeah, man, I just keep coming back to that album that never was, and it's just like, damn, like he really that that that's a that's a butterfly effect right there, man. That's a that's a butterfly effect scenario for the fucking ages. <laughs> to, be, to be completely fucking real, it's
1: crazy. Yeah, I mean, can you think of any other album that kind of hangs over the head of an artist? I mean, a lot of people would say Detox, but that doesn't that no because we already got classics. Yeah, well, even with that. even
0: with that, like. Kept people, moving, wanted, right? people wanted people wanted detox Dre, yeah. because
1: they wanted to hear how good it was but it didn't fuck up his career in that sense
0: no no yeah it didn't hold him up or anything no it was just it was just a fan thing that people wanted and that was it but yeah and I, I'm, I'm trying to think of something else but um apart from obviously someone dying there isn't really much is there um uh, um, or at least as much as the, on this level, where you know they had they literally just flooded a basement and it was all gone and there's no re- there's no trace of it. That's just a that's like a it's a fucking hip hop mystery, bro. <laughs> it literally is the there's one big hip hop mystery that and I, and I was I was trying to I was thinking um, as you were talking uh, during the episode I was just like why don't they just recreate it like why could they could they they, they not re- they not remember anything did they not write did Deck not write anything down none of that was all the all the rhyme books gone as well like they're just no trace of nothing or nothing that you can memorize it's just like but i'm not even asking for that to be honest i'm just i'm asking in general i wouldn't want that because imagine if they just try to like pick up the pieces just mentally and it just comes out as a mush um but yeah it's a yeah it's it really is a, it's a fucking mystery bro and uh you know a posit a, a kind of like a positive one is like Ilmatic because a lot of people don't respect Nas's post Ilmatic work a lot of it um but i personally respect a lot of it um, it's not ilmatic, but it doesn't need to be. But a lot of people just go like, "Oh, Nas is just ilmatic." <laughs>
1: it's,
0: it's like really whoever says that,
1: bro, like, that's that's a disengaged. Yeah, yeah, you know. But
0: but, bro, people say that that fucking Beats thing, bro, that pisses me off. Like, it's not the beats. It's not. Oh, the beats. It's not. It's, beat it's, it's, that's, a, that's a really overblown. That was so That was a Jay Z comparison, horrible. bro.
1: I, I think that that might yeah. have been a bit of horrible a sleeper otherwise. cell from Jay Z fans who just kind of planted this idea. <laughs> yeah, that was a Psyop. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, I don't think it exists.
0: It's a fucking Psyop. <laughs> the, this, the Tory Lane Jay Z thing that people were talking about a few weeks ago. Go back time, bro. That's the Psyop that people need to be thinking about. That's the Psyop. Oh my gosh, we got something. Well,
1: I think the only album I would compare that debut album to is JLX's album, the one with Just Blaze. But we got that in the end, and we got a written testimony. But again, we got that album, so it didn't kind of... like It never ended up the way that this has ended up. But yeah, I find it really fascinating. I find Dex's career really fascinating. The other side of it is also... We will get into Rizza at some point and it's gonna be a hell of an episode. It's just gonna take a while to research and, and figure out. But there's certainly a bit of a ruthless nature to Rizza's business dealings. And I think that this is probably an example of that. It might've been the case of Riza just being like, well, locking back in and doing an entire another project with you is not really gonna push anything forward. It doesn't really matter at this point. I have other things that I need to be devoting my time to that, are gonna progress things like going back in time and trying to recreate a moment that has already passed and won't be as good as the moment that we created in the first place. You know, I can I can understand that from if if that is the way that Riz is thinking. I, I can understand that. But yeah, it is it is the one of the biggest what ifs in hip hop history. And I think it's done deck a huge disservice because you don't need to be commercially successful to create brilliant art. You don't need to do that but i do think that inspector deck was sharpened and his sword was sharpened by those around him and every time he pops up on a group album or with other wu members or on a wu solo album he sounds unbelievable and some artists need that you know some artists need that uh, that competitive nature you know they need someone else on their track that's trying to kill them lyrically so that they can kill him even harder you know i remember i was talking to someone the other day we were talking about the third verse uh, analysis and this person asked me Did you do any analysis on who had the best third verses? And I said, no, but actually I ran an interview with Eminem where he said he always tried to rap his third verse to destroy his previous two verses. So his whole goal in the third verse was to beat himself lyrically. Like that's a wild thing to even think about. But that mentality that comes from that is i'm trying to beat someone in that that competitive and and you can't deny that from you know 99 to what 2004 eminem's third verses were fucking incredible like always just lifted it you know i think about criminal all the time that third verse is just you can't even believe it you're listening to it you're like wait how is he how is he getting better like it doesn't make sense and I, i think that that's true of deck you know i think the collaborative nature of those early woo woo stuff. He was he excelled. He was just a bright light. He was brilliant lyrically. And it was just dulled a little bit until we got Zara Face. And I don't think that's necessarily on the same level, but I definitely think that Inspector Deck's career is one of the biggest what-ifs. And as I said before, you don't need commercial success to create great music. You don't need that. But I do think, and I'm not even gonna go down that path and say I wish Deck had had more commercial success, I do wish that he had more collaboration with those Woo members because I would be very fascinated to see what those albums sound like. You know, I, I just think it would be incredible.
0: Yeah, for sure. Apparently, the apparently the uh, secret ingredient is having uh, more Woo features than your actual self on your own album.
1: Yeah, but we can agree that Iron Man's not quite at the level of Only Built for Cuban links. You know what I mean? <laughs> but that's a lot, man. 49% of the lyrics. Let's see. I want to see how much... I've got it here. How much he actually um, had uh, on his own album? Uh, yeah,
0: and I said this. I said this to Ben on uh, uh, off wax. Um, but like when he when he gave me those initial stats as soon as he got them, I was like, uh, the only funny enough, you mentioned Jay Electronica in this episode, and it's just like I was. I remember listening to AWT Written Testimony, and I was just like, why does it feel like Jay Z is just all over this more than Jay Jay Electronica? And factually, he isn't. But it feels. Um, but like it. It's just fascinating how how it actually was the case for Raekwon. Well, Ghostface. the it's wild kind of
1: thing. Funny. So Raekwon on his own debut album has forty six point seven percent of the lyrics. Ghostface on Raekwon's debut album has thirty three percent of the lyrics. But then we get to Iron Man. So forty nine percent of the lyrics come from. Like straight up woo members. You've also got affiliates and guests on here. So ghost, uh, so yeah, Ghostface is not on 50% of his own album. He only delivers 41.4% of the lyrics on his own debut album. 22.8% come from Raekwon. You know that's crazy. Capadonna gets over a thousand words on that album too. So. I, I found that so fascinating, the fact that Ghostface is only on forty one point four percent of his own debut album and I think that matches up obviously to what we were talking about with Ghost on the Ghostface episode. He did not like this album, Iron Man. He doesn't like it, he doesn't like the recording process. He was depressed, he was really struggling, and you know, they rallied around him like every Woo member is on this album except ODB. ODB is not on that album. Neither is Jizza actually. That's a bit odd. I thought Jizza would be on Iron Man, but they rallied around him and sorted him out, you know, but the same was not done for deck, and that just disappoints me a little bit.
0: Okay, we'll finish there. Um, yeah, shout out to both deck, as always. And, uh,
1: yeah, my note, if you have anything... Um, I don't think I really have anything. Do you have anything? Uh, Title. Is Tottenham in the bin. What's going on there? Oh, t- <laughs> Tottenham, bro. Tottenham are the wildest thing. Like, like my dad is obsessed. My dad... My dad is someone who likes it when we're winning and hates it when we're losing. So we were playing Man City the other day, Life of a fan, eh? right? Yeah, I mean, but like, you know, for example, it was a couple of years ago when we were playing under Jose Mourinho, and we were in the Europa Conference League, and we played against Mura. I think it was Mura, you know, a tiny little team in somewhere in Europe, and they got a tiny stadium. You know, they, they've never had any success, and they beat us and it was a beautiful moment to watch because they just beaten this like massive massive billion dollar team And my dad just threw his toys out of the cot and he just left the room. He's like, fuck this. I said, and I made him watch it. And I said, but dad, this is a beautiful, this is beautiful. Like watch them celebrate and look at the people, the 12 people in the crowd going crazy. And he just like, so when we we played Man City, uh, my partner was like, do you reckon your dad's watching? I'm like, there's no way he's watching us play Man City. And when we scored those first two goals, um, we were like, oh, he's be- he's oh, really missing pain. out. And, and I saw him yesterday, actually, and said to him, um, so I bet you didn't watch a Man City game. And he's like, no. And I said, well, you will never know the joy of Emerson Royale heading in a goal from point-blank <laughs> range to make it 2-0 <laughs> against Man City at Man City. And he says, yes, but I also didn't know the pain of us getting fucking dunked on <laughs> in the second half and them scoring four goals. So, bro, we're fucked. i oh, fucking... Gosh manager or however you call him chief of football operations or whatever fabio fabio paratici he's banned possibly for two years or something like that it's just it's it's really impressive how badly this team is run and just how diabolical (laughs) these i want to see how far we fall man i want to see what like if we run through Mourinho and conte and then we lose harry kane which we're gonna lose What we're gonna end up mid-table with a giant stadium, like it's it's wild. Hey man, Chelsea's already yeah, we're, mid-table. We we're doing better. <laughs> bro, that Liverpool that Liverpool game because it was nil-all, and I said to my dad, like you, I enjoyed it. Uh, it was a, I enjoyed it. Was sloppy, it bro. It was sloppy.
0: Oh no, it was sloppy. But short term, it, short term, it was garbage, right? But long term, I saw some stuff that just that just made me feel better. You know what I mean? It was just one of those games, and yes, it was sloppy as shit. Um, you know, Chelsea had chances if were chances, and they both just squandered them. Lardy story of the fucking season, right? Oh, can't do anything in the final third. Whoa, crazy to think about, right? Well, wild. Content, Even though you've got right?
1: the <laughs> two Felix and who's this new bloke? <laughs> Mudrudek yeah. he's fucking bro, he is Incredible! He is fucking Holy oof, shit, those oof. feet, quick feet. He was pulling off.
0: He was putting. He was putting off. He was pulling off like pro FIFA. <laughs> he was like, Bing, 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 Bing. Like he was. He was pinging yeah, around. Was the anyway, but yeah, like short term, it's shit because you know we're probably just like not probably not even going to get top four at this point. Seems right? unlikely. It's probably out the out the window, um, unless like Man United crater. But um, yeah. And fucking Brighton, and then, like, <laughs> you know, other teams that just yeah, have no right be there. Newcastle's up there, Whatever, Newcastle, whatever, yeah. It's probably not even going to happen, right? Um, and I feel like most Chelsea fans are just resonating in that. But, long term, uh, bro, Reese James, Chilwell, Fafana, like, just bring a few of them back. A few of them back, and bro... Champions League is in like I think February or March, bro. Like there might be a case, there might be a case that Chelsea can make a run. I'm not saying I'm gonna win it all, but I think they can, they can make a, they can make a challenge. Okay, if a few people come back, it can be a challenge because in. You know, at least with at least with Chelsea, like at least the at least they're just buying their way out of the yeah, problem. Yeah, like, they really <laughs> are. I mean, it's just like at least they're doing something. Yeah. Like you know, what I mean, like I, there's so many times where I just like I'm watching, Saint and I'm seeing a team just crater and they're just not doing anything. Uh, to like to like like Everton for example, they're just doing nothing.
1: Yeah, they're just, they're just chilling. Yeah, they're just, just Frank Lampard just chilling. The they're <laughs> the same thing. They're doing a bit better now, but
0: yeah literally just just taking Ls and just doing nothing about it right and that 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 gives me like that just makes me sad like to to see just to, to seeing a team do nothing uh makes me feel worse for anybody right but at least Chelsea doing the wrong thing by like just buying buying our way out of the issue but fuck at least it's something at least they didn't say it and at least Hey, man, on FIFA, they must be fucking great on FIFA. I don't play FIFA, but they must look so good on FIFA. Yeah. I bet people are rinsing fi- Chelsea on FIFA right yeah. now because the team sheet. Why the the healthy team sheet? That's what I'm saying about Champions League, bro. Like it's coming in a a month or so. Like yeah. I think the first games. I think there's. A, I think our draw is Dortmund. Might be a play there, bro. Might be a play. I'm not saying, not saying nothing, but there might be a good. And we're out of the. We're out of what every other cup. So. Man, man, full
1: focus, full focus. Imagine that Chelsea go like twelfth but win the Champions but League. But they already did that. Didn't they do that in like twenty sixteen? Like we came there yeah. was one year where we came yeah. fourth or something yeah. and we didn't get into the Champions League because Chelsea won Yeah. It might have even just been the FA Cup or something. I don't know what it, I don't understand how the tiers work and like what you ha- what you have to yeah. do to get into it above someone else and
0: Well, is uh, I think we won Europa League, that was That it. was
1: it. That was it.
0: Yeah, we won Europa League, and that gives us an instant ticket. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, it's, it's funny, bro. Like, Chelsea just have these moments in their history. Even, like, the shit year we had in, like, 15, 16, where we were 10th, right? And then Conte came in, and then we just won the league. Like, it's just... We don't deserve it. We don't deserve good things. We just don't. As a as an organisation, as a capitalist entity, Chelsea do not deserve the blessings they get. But fucking hell, it's fun to watch. It's, <laughs> it's fun to watch sometimes, bro. But yeah, man, that, that 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 Liverpool game was yeah, it was a bloodbath. And as a new, if if anyone's neutral, they will just be watching that, going, "This was shit." But hey, man, I saw some players. Some players didn't make my arse itch, and that's and that's all I'm here for. Kukurella actually did a decent-ish job against Salah. Apart from a couple of like, uh, Salah's uh, not playing from a couple well of at like, the moment, but. I mean, hey, it's still Salah, bro. It's still Salah against Kukure. I'm, I, you know I mean, I'm not like, you know, what I mean, I'm not, I'm not resting on Salah here, like, you know, what I mean, I'm keeping, I'm, he's still Salah. I'm keeping that foot on the neck, right? But hey, man, Cucurella didn't make my arse itch. I'm happy. Yeah. I'm happy, bro. Like that's, that's that's all I need, just for players not to make my fucking arse itch. They actually pinged some fucking balls forward for once. Like it's oh, so refreshing. Just them small things. You just take... You, you take. You have to take the positives, bro. That's what your pops has to do, bro. You have bro,
1: to take the small, small you Ws. You tell me... <laughs> <Take> the, <laughs> you tell me what Ws are coming out of Tottenham right now. And I'll <laughs> happily grab hold of any of them like a fucking life raft. But there's nothing. It is... I mean, the, the wild thing yeah. is we're fifth and Chelsea's like tenth. And, you know, but... It's hilarious. But, it's but hilarious. honestly, I think you that that nil or draw was great for us. It was amazing because you know yeah 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 it's good. I think <laughs> I think Brighton and Fulham <laughs> are one. you know they're dangerous, but I don't think they're as dangerous as Chelsea and Liverpool. You know, so uh, yeah. I mean Eng- English football English football
0: relishes uh, as a whole relishes at the at the mere sight of Liverpool and Chelsea and any sort of Man big City. clubs being yeah. shit like yeah just it's great everyone loves it everyone loves it and i get it i get it like it's it's fun it's fun watching a billion billion dollar teams just fucking flounder against like brighton and New- well newcastle don't count anymore but uh you know just like, shit like brighton and crystal palace and stuff it's it's funny it's fun i i get it like i'm there's a lo- my local team uh, beat man u like in like 2005 um in like an fa cup game people still talk of about it bro. Like people still fucking like pe- it's the only it's the only like actually major thing that happened to in United in like twenty years, and people still ride on it. The fact that they beat Man U that one time and it's it's it was kind of get it's kind of guess like uh, but yeah man that's what that's what that's what people that are fans are not fans of like the tops you know six or whatever right or top four whatever you want to call it um people aren't fans of those teams they love their downfall they love watching big team downfall. I bet I bet Spanish I bet Spanish teams love watching Barcelona just fucking suffer financially even though I think they're like are they first in Bro, the league? T- <laughs> like, like they sort their themselves out is, pretty their team fucking is fine. Quick.
1: They they invested in youth like 10 yeah, years ago. They sort themselves out. They're well <laughs> sorted like
0: Yeah, they they sort themselves out all of a sudden so yeah, here's, here's
1: what it is. Yeah, it was uh, funny uh, when we were watching the Chelsea game. It's funny that you say that because graham Potter was on the screen and my partner was like he looks he looks sad and I said, "Let me give you a scenario, right?" You're in a race, and you're riding a bicycle, and someone comes along and says, I'm going to pay you a lot of money to run this same race, but do it in a Lamborghini. And you're like, oh, shit, yeah. Easy, piss easy. I'll I'll shit at him. (laughs) I'll beat all these, these bicycles. And you get in your Lamborghini, and you're still getting outrun by bicycles. That's why Graham Potter looks really fucking sad right now, because he's been given the keys to the McLaren F1, and he, ref- he he can't get out of first gear bro it's just, it's not happening
0: bro that dude is going i feel it. sorry for him that dude is i going feel sorry for him because you know you he can't say no it. to show, that job but... show, show her a pic- show her a picture of his um of his like first champions league game where yeah, suited yeah, and yeah, booted yeah, yeah. fresh <gasps> he trim great right fresh he trim amazing looking fresh as fuck now oh my gosh he looks like bro he He's looks down tired. Bad. he looks over it <laughs> I can't. I feel bad. Like He just looks rinsed. He's not even wearing the kit no more. He's just like, fuck it. Give me the puffer jacket, tracky. Don't care. Don't care. Comfortability of everything. He's, he's that. He's, 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 mate, I relate. I relate. I relate, bro. You just don't want to take the tracksuit off. Oh, yeah. Like, don't matter. Just, just, yeah, man. I feel it. I feel yeah. it. The wow. Hey, who bad who do you think man? will finish higher? Solly, Solly, Solly Who Pep. do you think will finish higher?
1: Tottenham or Chelsea?
0: It's probably Tottenham at this rate. Surely, I, I can't. Uh, but this is the thing, <laughs> right? It's, it, the, if I'm we saying didn't buy bro, anyone, I'm you've saying, got fucking like... Joe
1: Felix, <laughs> <Hey>, Mud- Mudrik, you <laughs> You're like, oh, so t- it's probably Tottenham, even though we just spent five hundred million in three days. Like, I'm
0: saying,
1: I'm saying, I don't know.
0: I genuinely don't care at this point. But I'm, I'm. But it, it might be, it might, it might, it might be the case where we just like, you know, it, it it's can, you can go two ways, bro. It could be exactly the same as it's been going all, all throughout the season, or it can be an immediate turnaround where we just like win the next fucking yeah, the I last agree. ten games I of agree. the season. Like it's, it's none of the, it's none of, it's all of it or nothing at this point. And I'm just, I'm, I'm hoping for all. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen. On the Fifth End Podcast Network. This has been Digging Digits. Hope you've enjoyed this episode. I'm Charlie the Fifth Element.
1: I've been Ben Carter of Hip Hop Numbers.
0: We hope you have a good week. We shall always, always try and do the same. But until the next time, take it easy, ladies nice and gentlemen. All right, peace. Digging in Digits this is produced by me and Ben Carson. The show is edited by me. Music for the show is piece of video games by bonus points. Thanks to chill music for the ability to use. Social sort of fulfillment, hip hop by numbers. Bonus points and chill music will be in the full show notes as well as links to projects reviewed wherever you're listening. This has been a FitFem podcast and a production. Thanks for spending time with us. I wish i see you next time. I'm Digging in the data.